With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along. I'm Ian Brannan. Great to be back with you and another busy week in Speedway it has been. We've got loads on the way. I'm joined by the editor of the Speedway Star magazine, Andrew Skills, for a little look at what goes into making the Speedway Star and how do you keep a magazine like that going through a season like last year when there's uh, not much Speedway. A couple of key announcements from clubs over this last week who are struggling with the current situation with the restrictions. Most notably, Birmingham and Wolverhampton. We will hear from the Wolves owner, Chris Van Stratton. I've been custodian of this club for 32 years. And it's important that, you know, it just doesn't collapse now. We've also got reaction from Monday's big fixture, which was live on TV, a great advert for the sport, some fantastic racing between Peterborough and Wolves. We'll hear from Rob Lyon and Peter Adams. Now, as long as he has his cottage pie for lunch, he's ready for anything. Absolutely, great advice. Uh, we're also going to be previewing the Speedway Grand Prix qualifier in Glasgow. We've got chats with Chris Harris, Dale Allett, Jake Knight, Michael Palm Toft, Sam Masters and Ulrich Ostergaard all on the way. No breaks, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Joining me to chat through some of the issues affecting Speedway this week is uh, somebody who's very firmly got his finger on the pulse of everything that's happening in Speedway because he's the editor of the Speedway Star, which, whilst there have been many Speedway publications over the years, there's one that's lasted longer. I don't think there's another Speedway publication in the world that has the following and the respect of the Speedway Star. And uh, he is the editor. He's Andrew Skeels. Hi, Andy. Uh, Great to have you along with us. Hi, Ian. Would that be fair to say? I think um, Speedway Star is is one constant in in, this, in an ever changing sport, really. Uh, yes, well, I think you could say that, couldn't you? <laughs> we'd be the our seventieth birthday in March next year, assuming we make it. Is it really? Wow. Okay. Yes, it was March nineteen fifty two was the first ever issue. So um, I don't think Eric Linden, who founded it and uh, yeah, who sadly died last year, but he probably never imagined that it would still be going seventy years later when he started in nineteen fifty two. I'm sure, but uh, it, we're still here somehow. I, I think we are probably part of the 
fabric of the sport to an extent, aren't we? So, uh, so hopefully we'll get another 70 years out of it. <laughs> well, happy birthday in advance. I'm sure there'll be Thank more you. about that uh, nearer the time. But an incredible publication that's that has grown over that time and how the sport has changed. But I suppose what hasn't changed is that people want to know what's happening in the sport. Talk us through what goes into putting together an episode of the Speedway Star, each edition on the week, because it is a weekly cycle. You're published on a Thursday, but a lot of the work goes in into a, uh, the space of a few days from from my experience of people like Peter Oakes and, and, and Nigel Pearson and, and various other reporters are always really busy across the weekend putting stuff together for the Speedway Star, aren't they? What, what's the timeline for each week? Yeah, well, it's probably been funny because uh, last year through the sort of the pandemic, um, we had no racing, obviously. So. Yes. Uh, it was very difficult bringing out a weekly Speedway magazine with no Speedway in this country, uh, but it probably kind of changed a bit of how we worked in a way in that a lot more of it was it was possible to do it before the weekend, whereas now, obviously, thankfully, we've got Speedway back again and uh, since since last month when it at least restarted. A lot more of our work is compressed into the weekend because you could be waiting for, you're waiting for meetings to happen and things like that. So it's, it's kind of change back to to how it was really you know late nights sunday and late nights on a monday and we go to press on a tuesday so uh, i think it's probably we'd much prefer it the way it is now obviously with having some speedway on but uh, uh, in terms of workload it was definitely easier last year yeah unfortunately probably was a little bit but not not ideal at the same time and covering the amount of clubs there there is a lot to cover in british speedway and and weekends can be a lot busier some weeks than others and and you've got a, a trusted network of of reporters across the country that you some of which have been around for a long time and and some younger upcoming reporters as well well that's right i mean we're blessed to have some sort of fantastic contributors and, and, and people who've been around for 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 many years you know yeah peter oaks and phil lanning and, and guys like that and i mean yes we, you've got your guys at local tracks that we used to have we're, many of them been doing it for such a long time yeah and, and that is a, it's a real a real asset to have that as well and i think some of the one of the good things probably in the last sort of few years is the emergence of some of the some of the younger guys that we've had you know like dave rowe and and the people that work for nigel pearson's team you know they do a fantastic job for us so it's quite good to have some youth coming through as well as so, so some of the rest of us has been around for quite a while now and the look of the Speedway Star has changed, but also, I suppose, the way that you communicate with the people who are buying it will have changed because people's habits have changed over time. And now we're living in a, a hugely digital world. People can get results straight away, then get heat updates straight away from, from online. And and the Speedway Star's had to adapt towards that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think well, it's probably like every magazine, things have changed radically since, I mean, the sort of the digital age or whatever i mean i can remember i'm originally from scunthorpe and supported scunthorpe in the 70s and you would you would have to buy speedway star to, to find out details of how they got on in away matches and what happened around the country whereas now obviously people will know you can follow matches on the internet heat by heat so how you kind of cover the things has changed in that you know people don't have to you know, they don't buy Speedway stars specifically just to read the reports and things like that. So, whereas before we were probably more of a news magazine, and now you tend to have to think a bit more. You know, like if Paul Paul race on a Wednesday, people know what's happened on Wednesday night at Paul. So we've got to put a different slant onto it. So when they're bearing in mind we're a weekly and we don't come out until the following week, you know, you you do need a different slant into that. 
And looking back at 2020, of course, it wasn't the greatest year for anybody, but for Speedway, very little action, virtually none in the United Kingdom. And, and the bulk of the action that did happen was overseas, and particularly in Poland and the Grand Prix. How, as a weekly uh, magazine that has, what, around about 50 pages to fill, do you manage to come up with the content to fill those pages week after week after week when really there's a fraction of the, the amount of action normally going on? Yeah, so I guess it's just kind of a bit of forward planning in a way. You're trying to think of things and um, we really have had to sort of think a bit outside the box and do a few different kind of interviews. Uh, I mean, we probably would not have covered the Polish League in as much depth ordinarily as we did last year. But, I mean, people do identify with the Polish League now. You can watch it on TV, on uh, Premier Sports, all the best riders in the world are there, as we all know. So... It's maybe not like covering the Polish League. It would have been in the 70s where it would have been a lot of riders that nobody had really heard of. So, uh, I mean, that was a godsend to us last year when the Polish League got going and then we got the GP coming on at the end. So there was stuff happening, but uh, certainly early on in the in the year, probably April, May time last year, you, you sat there looking at 48 pages and thinking, <laughs> well, we've got no sort of match reports and we've got really not got a great deal of news likely to be happening. So we headed up going down a road of sort of more features and trying to do different style of features and uh to some of the feedback we got from readers was yeah surprisingly good people were actually saying well the magazine's better now than when you have a season so maybe a bit of food for thought for us for going forward perhaps i don't know but uh, there's always things you can think of but we're aware that you don't want to become sort of a backtrack to so to speak you know and, and be totally retro and and, and so there's, there's there's room for us to do that kind of stuff but we have to balance it and mix it up with modern day stuff as well so it's all about trying to strike that balance really do you have particular big speedway star super fans you know people that collect every single episode since it ever began or anything like that uh, oh yes we do yes definitely um so we, well we find that out when we've had a we had a few problems with our um distribution from the subscriptions when we swapped over from uh, using the news team service now and inevitably there were a few teething problems to start with which we hope we've got ironed out now and everybody's getting their copy earlier and on time but uh, when we were having the problems there were there were people ringing up saying yeah that they've missed a copy and they they've got them in binders going back to you know the year dot and all this so we are very much aware that there's people who do do religiously take it every week yeah so it's uh, I mean, that's that's great for us as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. And when it comes to the stories that you personally have covered on the Speedway Star over your time with the publication, what's the what's the one story that, that sticks in your memory the most? I suppose you do so many over the years that they <laughs> kind of all merge into one. But uh, I remember interviewing, um, I knew Rob Woffington quite well, Ty's dad, obviously. And he was probably one of the first riders I ever I think he possibly was the first rider I ever interviewed when I first started back in 1982 83 uh, and so I'd known obviously Rob throughout his career I used to get a lift with him to sort of Scunthorpe away matches in the 80s before Scunthorpe folded and then we lost touch a bit when he emigrated to Australia and then obviously fast forward into the current times and they came back over with Ty and everything uh, and everybody will know we obviously the, the story ended uh, for Rob ended very tragically with his cancer and uh, I remember interviewing him um, would have been about the November I think before he died early the next year 
Uh, I, I mean, he, it was tough to do, I guess, is one way of putting it, because we both knew what was coming. But uh, Neil Machen, the Sheffield promoter, was obviously good mates with uh, was good mates with Rob. He was there. And we sat there for, oh, I don't know, an hour and a half. And, and Rob just came out with all these fantastic stories. And at the end of it, and when you read it back and you think, wow, he, you know, he, he was excellent, really, for you know, <laughs> being able to talk about those things under the circumstances. So, so yeah, yeah, you do sort of think, yeah, that was a good interview, yeah. And, and the riders around that time, I mean, completely different breed to, to what we have now and some of the things that they got up to and the, the situations they got themselves in, you know, uh, these days you uh, you you wouldn't hear of it, would you? <laughs> Some of the stuff. Different times then, wasn't it? When yeah. the riders would have gone to the bar after the beating and things like that, which obviously yes. doesn't happen now. But yeah, <laughs> it was a different era. It was certainly a fun time. In it some was, way. it was, yes. <laughs> and Rob was certainly well, as I say, the the best uh, description that everybody applies to him is colourful character, and he was. Yeah, 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 yeah. and. Uh, just Neil, Neil Machen, that's how he got into Speedway, isn't it? He, he befriended Rob Wuffenden and uh, became his mechanic. And uh, That's right, yes. Yeah. And then with Tim looking, ended up at Sheffield. And yeah, that was Sheffield's future for the next 20 or however many years Neil <laughs> yeah. was there, yes. Yeah, unbelievable. Fantastic stuff. And um, you made it through the pandemic. That's that's the main thing. And now into yep, into yeah. this season and uh, we're, yep. we're finally underway. Thank goodness, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't envy the promoters the uh, the task that they've got on their hands at the moment, sort of trying to run a speedway season with their hands tied bet- between the behind the backs with the, all of the you know the restrictions and this and that that they have to deal with. But uh, I mean, I, I think they've done a remarkable job just to get us up and running so far. And obviously, we've got a few issues at the in the last week with Birmingham and, and things, but uh, hopefully we can see it through and get to the end of this year and then rebuild and take it from there. Well, let's start with those restrictions because that has been a, a big topic over the, the last week or so and uh, even as recently as uh, Tuesday with further news coming out of Wolves. The frustration, I think, among many fans and, of course, promoters is the difference and the disparity between some competitions. We're hearing that, for example, Wimbledon, the Wimbledon finals in a few weeks, will have a capacity crowd, 15,000 people on centre court with no social distancing. And yet, we hear from Chris Van Stratton and we're going to hear from him very soon on some of the um, problems that he's been having and other clubs as well, Newcastle, Birmingham, uh, among a, a few of them who have been voicing their um, concern really for the future of the club. And I think the main thing people want is, is a little bit of fairness and a little bit of common sense perhaps to be applied. Well, exactly. I mean, that seems to be one of the problems, isn't it? There doesn't seem to be a an across-the-board sort of one size fits all, does it? Like exactly like you say, you can have. I mean, I think is it Ipswich can have two thousand, I believe, something like that. Uh, Foxhall, and then you've got you know poor old Chris Van Stratton at Wolverhampton, and completely different restrictions. And I know, um, yeah, that you've got the issues over the online ticketing, where some clubs have to have it and can't sell at the turnstiles, and other clubs you can take cash at the turnstiles. And every club, you know, obviously Glasgow haven't uh, hadn't been able to have any fans in full stop, so. You, I mean, it really is a, you know, if there was some kind of government uh, you know, decision on the whole thing where every, it applied to everybody, then it would be so much the better, wouldn't it? I think it would be very much easier for everybody. 
Well, the latest news this week is that Wolverhampton have postponed their home meeting with Kings Lynn next Monday following the four-week delay to lifting restrictions. Club owner Chris Van Stratton has made the move to preserve the short and long-term future of the club after heavy losses sustained in the opening two home meetings with severely restricted crowd numbers imposed by the local council. Now he's hoping to have successful talks with the council to increase the amount of people able to attend the meetings to a more sustainable level after leaving many fans disappointed when missing out on ticket sales. Chris Van Stratton has been speaking to BBC Radio WM. I've been custodian of this club for 32 years and it's important that, you know, it just doesn't collapse now. So we're having to take steps which are inconvenient to some people, cancelling the match at relatively short notice. But if it's to save the club in the long term, then we'll look back and think it was the right, the right thing to do. If it doesn't all go on 19th of July, then I don't know where we'll go to. But I think the whole entertainment industry, so many people will be in the same boat. And sometimes the, the restrictions, when you see other events happening throughout the world, it, it just seems a little bit uh, too restrictive. So this is the point we'll be making to, to the City Council. Hopefully, you know, we'll catch them at the right moment and they'll be able to look at these figures while still, you know, practising the, the needs that, that arise in terms of social distancing and mask wearing, which we will cooperate with. We'll just see if we can increase our attendance just a little bit to at least uh, reduce uh, the losses before the 19th of July. That's the Wolves owner, Chris Van Stratton, who there is uh, cancelling the next home meeting, which was due to be on next Monday against Kings Lynn. The next home action at Monmore will be on the 5th of July, subject to successful discussions. And protecting the long-term future of the club, Andrew Skeels from the Speedway Star, is, is the right thing to do. We've seen too many clubs go by the wayside, even as recently as this year. Um, and, of course, over past years, it's it's been worse as well. So, hanging on a few weeks um hopefully that's that's the right thing to do and we can we can fully get back into business in the second half of this year and and looking towards next season even one of the big problems we've had in the last few years isn't it it's uh, the, the loss of your a lot of your sort of mainstays of tracks like your, uh, your reading and oxford and coventry and exeter and newport and all, and then much more recently you know we've lost rye house and and lakeside and, and working turn and then obviously we've had the news about somerset this year and you've got Swindon sitting it out. Hopefully they'll be back next year. But I mean, the last thing we need is to be losing more and more tracks. It's it starts to dwindle down. I mean, if if the Premiership loses Wolves this year, I mean, hopefully that they can continue. Uh, but I mean, obviously we only started with six tracks. I mean, if you go down to five, you you do start to question whether that's even going to be a league, don't you? We're only one more than a fourteen tournament. So it's but quite what you can do in the circumstances. I mean. I have every sympathy with Wolves and with Chris, you know, it's, it must be soul destroying, you know, it's, uh, but what can they do? You know, if you, if you're hemorrhaging money and they're left with no choice, um, so quite know where, where this is going to lead. I don't know. We just have to hope that we can, a way can be found for them to continue and see this season out at least. And then, you know, we can all regroup and start in, again in 2022. Well, their near neighbours, Birmingham Speedway, have put their season on hold with immediate effects. Last week, club owners Peter and David Mason revealing that things have to change with numbers at Perry Bar for that club to become viable. Like other venues, the Brummies are restricted to the amount of fans that they can allow into the stadium. And as a consequence, they're suffering heavy losses. One situation's not been helped by the pay-on-the-door option being temporarily suspended due to COVID regulations. Let's find out the thoughts of the club captain at the Birmingham Brummies, 
Chris Harris has been speaking with Ryan Guest. A tough decision for the owners to, to put the season on hold temporarily at least. Yeah, it must have been a tough one for them. Uh, this is only just starting after so long being off, but you know, I can understand you know what they're what they're saying. You know, with the crowd and you know uh, and pain on the gate. So uh, hopefully they can get it sorted uh, this week and we can get back to racing pretty soon. Yeah, what was your own uh, personal personal take when you heard the news? Because at the end of the day, it's a, it's a job for yourself. Yeah, obviously, guys. Because obviously, I know we're, it, when they get back running, we will get them four meetings later on in the season, but. Um, it just don't pay the bills at the minute, but you know everyone's. We're not. I'm not the only one, and we're a lot of people in that boat. So, uh, yeah, just hopefully they can resolve it and we get back racing. Yeah, they've been pretty frank and open, not just about the uh, the things that you mentioned to do with the crowd and the the, the denial to to accept walk-up admissions last week, but obviously with the vandalism just before the start of the season and the opening night fiasco as well, it hasn't been an ideal start to the season for the Brummies. No, it's been tough for them. Um, it, it's a shame because the, the team spirit is good in itself, and that's so. Hopefully, we say. We, they can get it sorted. They can get the the crowd back in and pay you know at the gate and whatever they need to do, and uh, we can get back to a winning race. Yeah, Birmingham is a, a club you've obviously got a, a lot of time for as well. You, you've obviously shown that by rejoining them for this season, and um, it is a club that's got a, a big part to play in British Speedway. Yeah, it's a good club. You know, the tracks. You know, it's a lovely shaped track, and you know when things are prepared right and if things are right, it's a good race track. So uh, you know, and I know Lawrence for many years as well. So um, yeah, and you know I've raced against David many times over the years a long time ago now but um yeah hopefully they can just get it all sorted and we can all get back racing we all want we none of us want to see a club close or or go so um you know hopefully we can all work together and we get it back yeah, um, and a, a quick word, you mentioned the, the Perry Bar track there as well. Um, obviously, there were a lot of problems opening night, but fair play, they, they changed the track team behind the scenes and it, it really had improved last week. Yeah, obviously, there are a lot. Of, obviously, you said earlier, the vaccine and the, the, uh, the equipment wasn't ideal and then obviously with the weather plays a part and, you know, they, you can only work with what tools you've got and um, now they've got obviously a better tractor and a better water system and, you know, a bit more help on the track staff hopefully we can start preparing the track better and have some good racing yeah just uh, finally it's not not just Birmingham a lot of clubs are obviously uh, talking about these hard decisions they're being forced with um, with everything that's going on at the moment but um, we have seen in the in the opening weeks of this British Speedway season that this sport has still got a lot to offer in this country yeah definitely I, I, I wouldn't want to be a promoter I know that especially now um, you know the decisions that they need to make obviously with different clubs and that but hopefully we can all work together for a change and think of uh, British Speedway. Appreciate your time as always, Chris. Yes, thank you. The Birmingham Brummies captain, Chris Harris, there speaking with Ryan Guest. And uh, best of luck to everybody at the Brummies because obviously a very concerning time, not ideal, but uh, as we mentioned before, that it's best to preserve the long-term future of a club than uh, burn yourself into the ground. Um, some other news from the last week. Um, we had news of retirement of Tom Bacon, who has represented a number of clubs across British Speedway. Most recently was riding for Wolves as uh, in, in the reserve berth, and um, he's decided to call it a day. He had a crash last week at Monmore in the, in the Sheffield fixture, and uh, uh, he's uh, said, well, he's had enough of getting injured and uh, wants to call time on his career in the sport, which is a bit of a shame. Well, that's right, yeah. Obviously, Tom's had some bad luck with uh, some serious injuries in the past. And, I mean, you do sort of wonder how, you know, some of the riders have had, or sort of won't have ridden since 2019 at all. So it's got to be pretty hard to come back from that. You, you're not just going to slot straight in. But having said that, he did seem to have some pretty reasonable scores. And um, I think for Kent last Tuesday, did he start with a win and a second? But and finished with three last, but um, you know, for, for riders like that who have, who have had some bad knocks in the past, then you can 
probably uh, you know see where he's coming from and the decision he's made. But having said that, we don't particularly want to lose these guys, do we? We need we need riders. It's not as though we're we're overstacked with riders at the moment. That's the voice of Andy Skeels, who's the editor of the Speedway Star magazine. I'm Ian Brannan, and this is the official British Speedway podcast. So far in the podcast, then, we've been talking about um, the business side of clubs, having to cope with various restrictions that have been put on them, really. But we've also spoken about Wolves, and we've spoken to Chris Harris. Well, let's put the two together quite neatly right now, because on Monday night in British Speedway's Premiership, it was Peterborough Panthers versus the Wolverhampton Wolves. And Chris Harris was on fine form as Peter charged up to second place in the Premiership table. Pedersen has to get off the gas, lock up the inside and passes both here in one Whoa. move. What a ride from Fiani Pedersen. You'd think he'd be Harris. taking it easy. Harris. Watch out for Harris now. Oh, he's gone from last to second and he's going to join Fiani Pedersen. This is unbelievable from Chris Harris in heat number 13. What a ride from Chris Harris. He was nowhere on the first lap. It finished then 51-39 in favour of the Peterborough Panthers. Let's catch up with the Panthers' boss, Rob Lyon. Well, Rob Lyon, uh, spoke to you last Monday after that uh, big win over Kings Lynn. Uh, this was a, a much different win, nevertheless still equally as impressive against Wolverhampton. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, always going to be a tricky fixture for us because Wolves have had a great start. And although we've been going good, you know, seven points on the road, well, seven points last week, we didn't really want to be slipping up again at home. And um, I knew it'd be a tight meeting. I always felt we just had enough in a tank to win it, but knew it'd be tight, and it proved that way. Um, good team performance again. Uh, Bomber and Biani came to the party this week, and that's what it's all about. You know, it's uh, it's all about the whole team pulling together when they need to. And some riders are going to have an off night, some are going to have a better night, uh, and that's how it goes. Um, I think Wolves miss slightly tonight, if I'm honest, but. You know, to be fair, they used Becker in two of his rides and he'd been flying most of the night. Ironically, the two rides he didn't go as well in were the RR rides, but that's the way it goes sometimes. Uh, RR can work really well for you or it can go against you. So, um, yeah, we take it and move on to, to Ipswich next week. Yeah, just a, a quick look at Bjarni Pedersen. Uh, you did mention him there, top scoring for the Panthers tonight. Um, he admitted himself it hasn't been the easiest of returns to the top flight of British Speedway, but certainly reminded everyone of his qualities tonight. Absolutely right, yeah. Such a professional rider and uh, he's come back and I think it's five years since he rode here, to be fair. And um, yeah, he's good to work with. They all are, to be fair. And I'm pleased for him tonight because home track is where you build your confidence and... Uh, you know, he had a, a bad first one, as we know, and was better last week. But tonight, came really came to the party. So, a, a number one performance. Yeah, and just finally, how important, how pleasing have these uh, past seven days been now? Oh, tremendous. You know, if you'd said to me last Monday that by the time we get to this Monday and we'll have taken ten points, I'd be, well, be over the moon. I'd have snapped your hand off, you know. Um, and... Yeah, we've just it's early days yet. There's a long way to go. I know it's a shortened season, but it's a long way to go and we've just got to keep pushing, keep keep the boys focused, stay clear of any problems and I think everybody can see that it's got so much solidity in that team that it's going to do damage at most tracks and certainly at home if we can keep it going, but yeah, that's the key, isn't it? 
Many thanks for your time as always, Rob. No problem, Ryan. Cheers. It's Ryan Guest speaking with the Peterborough Panthers team boss, Rob Lyon. So uh, what of Wolves then? They were without Rory Schlein and found things uh, particularly difficult at the East of England Arena on Monday. Let's hear from the Wolves team boss, Peter Adams. He's been speaking with Mike Taylor from BBC Radio WM. Peter, that was quite close for the first half of the meeting and then it just seemed to get away from one or two of your riders. Yeah, we... uh... We, you know, we weakened as the meeting went on. I thought, rather than as is usual with us, you know, we thought a strong start and we'd be able to maintain that. But um, no, uh, we just had too many passengers today. You know, not enough eight winners, and of course, the three points we gained from the rider replacement rise is in no way reflective of what Rory would have scored. So um, a combination of that, you know, few riders not. Uh, at their best and the rider replacement handicap were just too much against a very much informed Peterborough team. Yes, I mean they, they did look informed, they're obviously very experienced. You did have a couple of riders who were particularly on form though, we saw Luke Becker again showing us what a talent he is and, and is that the best of Ryan Douglas we've seen for quite a while? Yeah, I think if you've got two riders in a speedway team riding really well, um, you can always sort of stay in the game. But they just needed that bit of backup from somewhere and it was nowhere to be seen, you know, so that was the difference. For a young man, Luke is very impressive. I noticed at Sheffield the other week, he didn't take long to dial himself in and he's very competitive and and here he seemed to come on stronger as we were going on. Yeah, he's uh, he's developing, you know, really quickly now. He's doing well in Poland, he's doing well here on tracks which he has very little experience of. So he's obviously got a very bright future, you know, and hopefully that'll be with Wolverhampton for years to come. I get the impression he's quite canny. He seems to learn very quickly. Yeah, he's a bit resistant to change, I would say. But, um, no, as long as he has his cottage pie for lunch, he's ready for anything. I think we can all speak to that. Absolutely. Aren't we all always ready for a bit of cottage pie, the uh, the secret ingredient in Brock Nichols' success? Well, Brock Nichol will be in action at the weekend. He's going to be taking part in the Grand Prix qualifier, which is taking place at Glasgow. We'll hear from Brock Nichol a little bit later on uh, about taking on some of the world's big stars, including former world champion Chris Holder is also in that lineup as well, but more about that to come uh, a little bit later on. Someone else who's going to be involved in that GP qualifier is Lewis Kerr, which is a bit of surprise because he was under the knife for a uh, broken collarbone not too long ago just a matter of days ago he's been having intensive treatment we'll hear from the Kingsland boss Dale Allett on uh, his chances of lining up in that GP qualifier uh, as well a little later staying with Kingsland they line up against Sheffield later this week in the Premiership and one rider who's keen for a better performance than one of last week is Eric Riss who against Peterborough failed to score a single point he's been talking about that He's been dwelling on it for quite some time. I will think about Monday for probably another three weeks, yeah. Um, you can't change the past and, yeah, you, it doesn't help if you dwell on it, but, you know, I wish I could change it, you know. I am that kind of person, like, I, I look back and it just, I don't like having that zero there and I always remember that, you know. Whenever I'm, whenever I'm going to a race meeting, I want to win every race and even, like, today, if dropped a few points like I'm I'm angry at myself you know and obviously if I like on Monday I scored nothing like I just felt so so embarrassed um like for myself and you know because I got high high expectations of myself and the club got expectations of me I mean I'm number one at King's Lynn you know you 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 
you don't expect your number one to score nothing. So that was really, uh, really, really hard to uh, um, to accept. Uh, still struggle to accept it. Um, as I said, I would, I wish I could change it. Kingsland versus Sheffield then is his chance to change that at the Adrian Flux Arena Thursday night in the Premiership. Still to come on No Breaks No Fear, we're going to shift our attention to the Championship. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the favourite club of Andrew Skeels, who's joining us in this episode, the editor of the Speedway Star magazine, who is a Scunthorpe fan. Find out just exactly why he's a Scunthorpe fan very, very soon. Uh, We'll also hear from a few stars of Championship clubs. We're going to uh, chat to Ulrich Ostergaard from Glasgow, Sam Masters from Edinburgh. We've also got Michael Palm Toft at Redcar, who were the first team to defeat the Glasgow Tigers last weekend. It's all to come here on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back. I'm Ian Brannan, and joining me in this episode is Andy Skeels, who is the editor of the Speedway Star magazine. Now, Andy's personal favourite club that he's a big fan of is Scunthorpe, which is great news for Rob Godfrey and uh, Scunthorpe fans everywhere. Andy, what's your story of, of being a Scunthorpe fan then? Because they've had a few different guises, haven't they, Scunthorpe, over the years, uh, getting to the point of the Scorpions now? Well, that's right, yeah, we were the, the Saints when I first went in 1973. <laughs> <laughs> at Park, yeah, in the days of sort of Ken McKidley and Jack Bywater and Rex Garrett and, and Rod Ains and names like that. Yes, so uh, it seems, oh, gosh, well, it is a lifetime ago now, isn't it? But, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I grew up at, watching them at Quiwell Park and then at Ashbyville. And oh, I moved to London in 1982, 83, I think. Uh, and then they closed in 85. And that was that until Rob Godfrey revived it at um, Eddie Wright Raceway, as it is now known, Normanby Road to start with. So I think the... Um, yeah, the current incarnation has outlasted both of the Saints and the Stags combined, I think. They've got a great situation there, haven't they, with the track that gets quite a lot of use beyond the uh, the, the league fixtures, of course, for uh, practice, training and, and um, amateur meetings and things like that as well. Well, that's right, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Rob will be the first to admit he's very lucky with the, the facility he's got there and the council were very supportive when they first started. And, I mean, it, it literally was built out of a field. Yeah, I think it was a model aeroplane club used it to start with and so they built it up totally from scratch i mean it's not exactly wembley or anything obviously but um the, the racetrack is excellent and i think this is kind of what speedway's missing in a way that part of our problems over the last few years have been a, a lot of the clubs closing have all been that don't own their own stadiums do you so it's mm. a lot of the times it hasn't particularly been always been financial it's been you've been booted out of the stadium so uh we, we kind of need to maybe look at somehow trying to get more tracks like slightly out of town like Scunthorpe is where you can you can build them up the more tracks that speedway clubs can own the better it's got to be so uh maybe maybe Scunthorpe well we've had summer set unfortunately that's just gone but um, if you look around most of the other tracks yeah they're, they're still we're still tenants aren't we we're coexisting with greyhounds and stock cars and, and quite often this is what causes the problems Let's take a trip around some of the teams in the championship now because uh, we've had a few fixtures over the last week or so that um, really have, have, have caused a bit of uh, debate and uh, particularly against Glasgow because Glasgow have had such a strong start to the year 
unbeaten until they met the Red Car Bears at the Media Prima Arena. First of all, let's speak to Ulrich Ostergaard, who's had a sensational season, really, riding for the Peterborough Panthers and the Glasgow Tigers and uh, has been virtually unstoppable and riding at reserve, certainly at, uh, at Peterborough. He's been a busy man. He's been speaking with Ryan Guest. Ulrich Ostergaard, um, it's been such an impressive start to the season for Glasgow. Unfortunately, on Sunday, that did come to an end. What must have made it even more disappointing was the fact that you had that eight-point lead part way through the fixture yeah you know we were doing really well we were leading up you know all the way through pretty much and uh, so of course disappointed uh, not to get the win up there um, I feel we've got a really strong team as well and we should be able to win uh, at Red Cow as well um, it's a fair racetrack everyone likes to go there um, but yeah yeah a few things went wrong in the last two heats and they yeah they managed to win anyway but We've got a draw. We're still top of the league and, uh, yeah, we keep pushing and uh, end of the season, that's where it matters anyway. So, uh, yeah, we just keep yeah, keep pushing. Yeah, it really was a, a manic and uh, testing week for the team as well, wasn't it? Ah, uh, a bit hectic, a bit crazy as well, but um, it's been good, you know, that's, that's what I wanted. Um, I like to be busy. Uh, a lot of meetings every day, a lot of travelling, uh, cleaning bikes and all that, but, uh, yeah, I've got some good people helping me and uh, it makes things so much easier when, when you have that. Um, so yeah, I've just been enjoying it really. I've been scoring the points and trying to be as relaxed as I could. And uh, yeah, so far so good. The start of the season's been good. Yeah, like you say, to, to be so frustrated, so disappointed with a, a first loss of the, the season, uh, that, that just highlights the, the expectation of, of Glasgow. Yes, of course. You know, we were, we're sitting very very much top of the league at the minute. and got two good away ones at Birmingham and Kent as well. Um, and one our home, home ones as well. But, uh, you know, more wants more. Uh, we're a good team. Um, and that's why we, we always want to win. You know, we're not really settled just for getting a draw or, or, or lose by four points anyway. We, we're here to try to do some damage. And uh, it's good. That, that's what it's all about. I enjoy that. You know, I'm, I'm racing for two really good teams this season, uh, two teams that want to try to win some silverware. And, yeah, good pressure. And uh, hopefully uh, it can work out in the end. Yeah, for the Tigers in the Championship as well, you've had a, a lot of solid scores, uh, seven or, or eight, and then um, at Birmingham on Wednesday, red car on Sunday, nice to get some uh, Heat 15s thrown into the mix as well. Yes, of course, uh, of course it is. Uh, it's always a bit of a bonus when you get Heat 15 because it means you've done a decent job. Uh, so that's that's what I'm there for anyway. As I, as I said, we've got a strong team, so there's always going to be some good ones in Heat 15. Uh, so whenever I can be in it, it's a bonus, and uh, I'm there to try help the team and... Uh, tried to get some wins and uh, yeah so far it's been all right and uh, yeah we'll be all right again even though we, we lost on Sunday. Yeah, and they were beaten by the Red Car Bears, who are fancied to have a very decent season if they keep their uh, lineup all together and injury free. It came down to a last heat decider. Two five ones on the bounce eventually settled it. Here is the main Dane from the Red Car Bears, Michael Palmtoft, with Ryan. Well, yeah, Michael Palmtoft, uh, quite a, a crucial, important weekend for Red Car with uh, with two big wins. Let's just start with a uh, Sunday against Glasgow, a, a terrific comeback, and obviously um, a great way to, to end Glasgow's unbeaten run. Yeah, that was really good to, to get one over Glasgow and finally get my uh, get my bike problems out of the way so, so I could score some points. Yeah, for the team as well, like I say, not just to, to end Glasgow's unbeaten run, but to come from eight points down at the mid-stage of the meeting as well, that probably made it even more impressive. Oh, 100%. Uh, I saw the, the promoter, Chichendra, he was absolutely bouncing up and down when... Uh, when, when they won the Heat 15 and, and we got the win. Yeah, add that to the uh, the victory at Berwick 24 hours before as well. And uh, like I said, that, that really does make it an important weekend for Redcar. Oh, 100%. Like, uh, it shows that we can win away and, and at home. Uh, obviously, my my performance has not been very good away. Uh, some bike problems and it, 
definitely didn't help the team, but everybody else pulled together and, and we got the win. Yeah, it wasn't the easiest to start to the season for Redcar. Um, a lot of people expect a, a lot of things from, from the Bears this season, but um, do you think this weekend was, was finally where the Bears started to fulfil the potential and can kick on from here? Yeah, I think so. Uh, obviously, we've got uh, two good, very good reserves. Um, we've got a We've got a really strong team through and through, but when when you've got a bit of bike problems and so on, which which I think we've all had so far, um, it, everybody's not clicking on all the cylinders. So when everybody is firing together, we're definitely going to be a, a force. Yeah, and like you say, with that solid one to seven, with the reserves in form as well, it has taken um, a little bit of pressure off yourself with those bike problems that you've spoke about. But um, like you say, now now you hopefully got to the bottom of those, and hopefully you can uh, can pick up your individual performances as well. Yeah, very much hope so. Like uh, I started the season very well, so yeah, hopefully it's fixed and uh, we can get going again. So that's Michael Palmtoft from the Red Car Bears speaking with Ryan Guest. And uh, meanwhile, um, whilst Glasgow fell to their first defeat, it was an astonishing night at Eastbourne this last weekend as Edinburgh What the Fork Monarchs pulled off one of their most remarkable results for many years, winning 46-44 at Eastbourne, their first ever victory at the Arlington Stadium. Nearly a 1,000-mile round trip. It made it a lot sweeter for team boss John Campbell. Uh, We've been speaking with one of the stars of the Edinburgh Monarchs. Here's Sam Masters with Ryan Guest. Well, yeah, we'll discuss uh, we'll discuss it meeting by meeting shortly. But as a summary, what a weekend for the Monarchs. Yeah, it was good. I think uh, it's sort of shocking a lot of people, especially the fans up there. I don't know if they thought we'd be doing this good, but still a long season. So hopefully we can keep keep doing what we're doing and get the playoffs. Yeah, looking at that Friday night, Leicester were, were pushing you all the way, but then to get those uh, five ones in each 14 and 15 and, and send the defending champions home with nothing, that must have been really pleasing, especially in heat 15, considering they had the choice of gate positions. Yeah, um, that was a that was a good meeting, I think, to watch as well, and um, good for the home fans that we could finish them off in heat 15 like that and send them away with nothing, because they've probably got the strongest team in the league on paper, and... Um, they showed it on the night, really, so the score probably didn't really reflect on how good they were. But we, uh, yeah, we just made two good starts in the, in the Heat 15 off the worst two worst gates, and that's, that, that wins your wins your means, I suppose. Yeah, another tough test followed on uh, on Saturday with the long trip down to Eastbourne as well. Um, dramatic stuff there as well, but yourself and Josh just about doing enough in the end with Carl Newman's uh, engine engine failure to claim the first ever win at Eastbourne for the Monarchs. Yeah, we, we got lucky in the end, but we took that with both hands and we were there to take that. So, um, But we again, we were all pretty good all night and um, everyone was doing their job, you know. So um, Nathan Greaves was pretty impressive. I don't know what he scored in the end, but he was always there and picking up points when needed. And you know, he's actually been doing that for us all year, so that's good. Yeah, all round it's been a, a more than encouraging start uh, to the season for the Monarchs unbeaten in four um, and reading the comments from people in the camp it seems like there's a, uh, something of a special team atmosphere growing already early doors Yeah, it's good everyone's getting on pretty pretty well which is nice and um, we've, I think we've beat the two hardest teams in the league Redcar and, and uh, Leicester at home now so um, yeah, we can keep doing that and it's going to be a, a nice, nice season I think so uh, but we can't talk too soon. We've just got to take it meeting by meeting. Everyone's had a year off as well, so uh, once everyone's in fully back into the swing of things, might be a little bit of a different story, but um, we'll take it while we can. 
Sam Masters chatting with Ryan Guest and he was involved in that last heat decider at Eastbourne and ended in favour of the Edinburgh Monarchs 46-44. So let's take a look at the upcoming fixtures in the week ahead in the Championship. Well, first of all, actually not a fixture in the Championship, but a Championship side. It's uh, Redcar who are going to be hosting the British Under-21 semi-final. That is this Thursday at 7.30. That was rearranged from Newcastle. They uh, had arranged it for Sunday and had low ticket sales and um, they're another club who are suffering financially they've had a terrible start to the season a lot of bad luck and um, they too are have a, got a crowdfunding page going on at the moment to uh, keep the Newcastle Diamonds in existence which of course we wish them all the best with and uh, they took the decision to uh, call off that um, that hosting of the British Under-21 semi-final Redcar are going to do it on Thursday um, elsewhere in the championship uh, Leicester host Redcar um, a team that, uh, as we know, beats Glasgow um, just last weekend. Did uh, Redcar the first team to defeat them? And Leicester, of course, reigning champions, albeit uh, a year in lieu. And uh, they take each other on at seven o'clock on Saturday. And um, elsewhere in the uh, championship, we've got uh, Newcastle against Leicester on Sunday at four o'clock. And Scunthorpe versus Glasgow also on Sunday. That's a three o'clock in the afternoon uh, fixture. So if the weather's decent, that'll be pretty nice there, of course, as well. And British Youth Championships uh, continue at Scunthorpe also on Sunday. And that's uh, a fixture that's straight after the Scunthorpe versus Glasgow fixture. And speaking of Glasgow, at Ashfield Stadium this weekend, a massive fixture. It is the FIM Speedway World Championship qualifier at Glasgow, with the ultimate prize at the end of everything being a place in the Grand Prix Challenge. Or, of course, if you come in the top three of that, you're in the GP Series next year. A strong field at the Ashfield Stadium features Brits Lewis Kerr, Charles Wright and Dan Bewley. We'll also hear from another star, Glasgow star Brock Nicol, who gets the chance to race on one of his home tracks for a position in that uh, prestigious meeting later this season. We're going to hear from Brock Nickel very soon and we'll also hear from Dale Allett on the chances of Lewis Kerr who's coming back from fairly recent collarbone surgery to take his place in that meeting. All on the way on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. You're listening to No Breaks, No Fear, part of the Sports Social Podcast Network, where you can find your next favourite podcast. And with the Euros now in full flow, there's a heap of podcasts dedicated to that very topic. You can find them all in a special section at sport-social.co.uk. And there's more Speedway content available as well with Humans of Speedway which is hosted by me. So uh, check that one out at your leisure, part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Right now, we're turning our attention to a big fixture which is happening at Glasgow this weekend, on Saturday, in fact, when uh, a really strong field at the Ashfield Stadium gets together and their uh, ultimate prize is a place in the Speedway Grand Prix Challenge later this season. Now, this is drawing a, a fabulous crowd of riders from all over the world. And here is the full lineup: Lewis Kerr, Stephen Gorett, Brock Nickel, Bradley Wilson-Dean, Charles Wright, one rider TBC but uh, registered to Argentina, Nikolai Clint, Tero Arneo, Tobias Musilak, Eric Riss, Chris Holder, former world champion no least, Dan Bewley, Max Rummel, 
Lasse Fredriksson, Rasmus Jensen and Jaimon Lidsey and reserves on the day, Tom Brennan and Drew Kemp. So a cracking lineup. this. Andrew Skeels joins me from the Speedway Star. He's the editor of the Speedway Star and fantastic to have such stars uh, all getting together for a big individual meeting uh, here in the UK. Well, it will do, definitely. I mean, it's... it's uh, sort of a real feather in the cap for Glasgow to get these meetings, isn't it? And it sort of reflects really well on what they've done at the stadium. I think I've only ever been there once personally. It was probably about year 2000, so we're talking 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But obviously the, the stadium has been transformed with you know from what you see uh, and the fantastic work they've done there. And this is exactly what we need at some of our stadiums, isn't it? They're bringing them up to the sort of 21st century. So it obviously gives them the opportunity to stage these sort of plum fixtures at FIM level as well. It's going to be very interesting. A few ex-Glasgow riders involved there. Of course, uh, Dan Bewley, not least. A lot of experience around that Glasgow track as well. We're going to hear from Dale Allett very soon because um, Lewis Kerr is uh, drawn as number one in that fixture. And despite having some collarbone surgery only a matter of days ago and uh, having intensive treatment, he plans to take his position in that lineup, so we'll hear from Dale Allett very soon. First of all, though, let's hear from Brock Nickel because he put in a, a tremendous performance at Wolves on the TV on Monday night. He lines up in this fixture at Glasgow. Glasgow, his home track in the Championship, and he must really be fancying a chance of at least having a crack at getting into the Grand Prix Challenge later in the season. He's been speaking with Ryan Guest. Well, yeah, Brock Nicola, a really big uh, occasion for yourself this Saturday. Uh, not only a Grand Prix qualifier, but a Grand Prix qualifier at your home championship track as well. Yeah, that, I was really happy when I uh, when they gave me the news that I was back at Glasgow for the for the qualifier. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm feeling good this year um, at that track, starting to get dialed in now. So. Um, yeah, looking forward to going in, just having some fun and seeing what I could do. Yeah, you wouldn't expect uh, you wouldn't expect an easy lineup in in such a prestigious meeting as well. And when you look down the the sixteen riders, including yourself, uh, who are going to be involved on Saturday, um, it, it really does show you that it's going to be a one tough uh, occasion. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a tough meeting, especially with the names that are in it um, that I've seen. So. Um, yeah, it's going to be a hard one, but that's what makes me a better rider, and, and that's when I learn the most. So, if I could go out there and just uh, just keep keep riding like I have been and um, make some starts. Uh, yeah, hopefully I'll come out with a good meeting. Yeah, with the quality of riders on display as well and uh, the the quality that the, the Ashfield circuit can serve up. Um, for, for those fans who are lucky enough to, to, to be able to view it, it is going to be one uh, one hell of a race meeting as well. Yeah, definitely. The the track at Glasgow, it's, it's one of the best in my opinion and, um, yeah, it creates such good racing and um, awesome stadium, awesome atmosphere. So, um, yeah, Glasgow know what they're doing and they run an awesome program. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm glad we're at, we're at Glasgow. Yeah, for any rider as well, when, when you're setting out in the sport, the, the Grand Prix Series is the is the ultimate goal and you must feel privileged to, to be able to represent your country. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, That's what I look forward to. Almost the most in, in Speedway is riding for my country. There's no other feeling that you get from, from doing that. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it and... Uh, yeah, just want to go out there and have fun and, and uh, just learn as much as I can, take as much as I can away from the meeting and um, keep going forward. Well, we wish you all the best for Saturday, Brock. Perfect. Thank you. 
Lining up for the United States in that FAM Speedway Grand Prix World Championship qualifying round at Glasgow on Saturday, that is Brock Nickel racing on, of course, his home track of, of Glasgow, one of his home tracks. Um, and he's not the only American in the fixture either because uh, he'll be joined by Max Rommel for the USA uh, also in that uh, meeting. Now, someone who's representing Great Britain is Lewis Kerr. Lewis Kerr suffered a broken collarbone uh, just less than two weeks ago racing for Eastbourne. Now, last Friday, he had an operation to plate his collarbone. He's been receiving treatment ever since to um, aid his recuperation. And then just over a week since having surgery on a broken collarbone, Lewis Kerr is planning on lining up in that Grand Prix qualifier at Glasgow. Let's hear from his team boss at Kings Lynn, Dale Allett, on uh, the situation and Lewis Kerr's plans. Well, yeah, we're a Kings Lynn co-promoter, Dale Allett. Um, big night for, for Lewis Kerr on Saturday. Um, and when you consider everything he's been through over the last couple of weeks, quite remarkable that he's even going to attempt to ride in that fixture. Yeah, absolutely. He, um, he had a... Uh injury plated at the hospital on uh, Friday Friday afternoon he's been to Brian Simpson's today and had quite a lot of laser treatment and other bits and pieces, he's been there all day so uh, Sarah turns around tomorrow and uh, the next few days and what I will say if anybody can make it work it's Louis um, you know, he's one, probably one of the fittest riders in, in the country so um, fingers crossed and he can, he can fulfil the fixture and big night for him as you say yeah, when you consider everything he's been through throughout his career and the injuries he has sustained, uh, certainly has got a lot of uh, determination in his character. Yeah, he has. And like I say, he's one of the fittest and one of the mentally strongest riders. I mean, as you as you pointed out, he's been through an awful lot, come back from an awful lot, and he's probably having, I would dare say, up to date, the best season of his career. So um, hopefully everything goes well. Like I say, it's a, it's a massive meeting and certainly one that uh, he knows well, Glasgow, having been there for a season. Um, and if he if he can get there and he can do it uh, fitness-wise, then you know he's got a chance because he can gate probably better than anyone. Certainly one hell of a lineup he's going to be involved in, though. Yeah, the, well, you know, it's going to be a massive tough meeting, isn't it? whoever you are and however fit you are. Um, you know, these meetings aren't easy uh, by their very nature, but just to be involved in it is, you know, a, a credit to him. Um, but like I say, if he's there and he's fit um, and he can make the gates, then uh, yeah, he's got a good chance of anyone. Okay, that's Dale Allett there speaking with Ryan Guest about Lewis Kerr's decision to uh, take his place at Glasgow for the Speedway Grand Prix qualifier. Um, Elsewhere in the qualifiers, Robert Lambert competes in the Croatian uh, fixture, which is at Gorichan, and Adam Ellis races at uh, the Italian venue of Terenzano. There's there's four qualifiers in all, and then uh, I believe it's the top three or four top four I think go through to the um, final Grand Prix challenge later in the season of course you finish in the top three of that you're in the Speedway Grand Prix simple as that so good luck to all the boys taking part and ride safe of course that's what we want and uh, some great racing for any of the fans who are able to make that by the way the Glasgow fixture if you can't get a ticket to be there because numbers are pretty limited uh, Glasgow Tigers are doing a live stream of that event I believe as well so uh, you can watch that uh, wherever you are some great racing some great names involved in it. Right, before we go, let's turn our attention to the National Development League, shall we? Because there's quite a bit of NDL action this week, uh, whereas last week there was uh, very little, if not none. And um, let's have a look at the Eastbourne Seagulls, who are going to be in action a couple of times. They're going to be racing against uh, Kent on Saturday, and then they're back in action on Sunday away at Mildenhall. One of the stars of the Eastbourne Seagulls is Jake Knight. He's been chatting with Ryan Guest. 
But yeah, Jake Knight, a big weekend coming up for the Seagulls. Uh, first and foremost, it's the first home fixture in front of the Seagulls home fans on Saturday. Yeah, it's a lot. It seems strange to have your first home meet and not until sort of really mid-July, well, mid-June, sorry, actually. But, uh, yeah, we've had a couple of away meetings, which have been really good. We've got results from both. Like, we've not had an away meeting that we haven't got points from. And realistically, we should have probably won at Kent away. So, um, But, yeah, it's, I think this this year with no playoffs in the National League, I think it's, it's so important to actually get points away from home, whether it's a draw even one point you've just got to, uh, on the road you've got to get a point away <laughs> yeah and as you've touched upon there um, to, to get uh, one at the reigning champions Leicester and then two at uh, two at Kent um, certainly bodes well for the rest of the year yeah definitely I think even really Leicester if Henry Hanton got injured I think we probably even could have drawn or even won that meet in the way it was going at the start so um, but yeah it's sort of I think people sort of had us up at the top but didn't really expect us to be doing as well as we did. And I think even from my perspective, like looking at other sides, there's sides doing better than what I thought they were going to do. And it's it's boding well for a good season, I think, at the minute and having like tough ta- challenges at home and away. <laughs> Yeah, you've touched upon the, the injury to Henry Atkins. Um, the, the club did move swiftly to get a replacement in, and while while uh, Henry has probably got more potential than, than Dano Verge, uh, Dano certainly brings a lot of experience to the side. Yeah, definitely. I think Dano's been around a while as well, and he's he's sort of been there and thereabouts to be like a heat leader as such. And uh, I think this year, being at Eastbourne as well, you got such a good home track advantage to sort of get your confidence up, to take that away with your two away meetings as well. I think that's what it sort of bodes well for as well. And like I said, we've got a good team environment at the minute. Like we're all sort of, well, we've got like the youngsters and then we're all sort of like there and thereabouts with age-wise, some of us. But yeah, it's good really. The team spirit seems like amazing again. So we all get there, have a laugh. And I think that's the most important thing is not to take it too seriously. Yes, you've got to take it seriously, but if you can go to the meeting and enjoy it, I think really that's where you get the results from. Yeah, just finally looking back to, to, to this weekend, we mentioned the Kent home fixture and you've touched upon the importance of uh, the, the away meetings. You've got one of those on Sunday at Mildenhall and that's going to be their first uh, home team meeting of the season as well. So hopefully you can uh, take full advantage of that fact. Yeah, definitely. It's, I'm looking forward to having a first sort of home meeting. Like, I've only done one practice at Eastbourne in like three years at the minute. So it's going to be, it's going to be weird having a home meeting there. So, um, yeah, but it'd be nice, and especially it'd be a Mildenhall's first home meeting of the season. We've sort of really got to take full advantage of that, that we've all had, like, two meetings previously to sort of, again, get a result. We don't, like, Mildenhall's one of those places that we don't seem to really have that great a result at, but um, it's one of those ones that now we've got to change, change the trend and get some points from it. That's Jake Knight speaking with Ryan Guest. Can we have a round of applause for Ryan Guest? He's been a a very busy guy this week, uh, interviewing stars up and down the country at all those different tracks. How does he do it? Unbelievable stuff. Well done, Ryan. And uh, good luck to Jake Knight as well, because uh, they've got a busy week of uh, of Eastbourne, actually. Quite a few meetings crammed in. Let's run through the National Development League fixtures. Wednesday, it's Leicester versus Mildon Hall. Uh, We've also got that British Under-21 semi-final at Redcar as well, at uh, similarly to, to that level. 
level, quite a few riders uh, at NDL level uh, involved in that. And then on Saturday, we've got Armadale versus Bellevue and Berwick versus Newcastle and Eastbourne versus Kent. And then on Sunday, Mildenhall versus Eastbourne and Newcastle versus Leicester. And uh, that's pretty much it for the National Development League. We've also got the British Youth Championship at Scunthorpe, which follows the main fixture on Sunday at five o'clock. British Youth Championships uh, round with the 125cc and 500ccs involved here. In fact, it says on my script 1500ccs. Blimey, can you imagine that? Uh, I think that's a misprint. Definitely 500cc. That's Speedway, isn't it? So thanks for listening. We will be back with you next week here on No Breaks, No Fear. My thanks to Andrew Skeels, the editor of the Speedway Star magazine. Thanks for joining us. What's in this week's episode of the Speedway Star, Andrew? Uh, oh, blimey. We've got an interview with Jason Crump, with Troy Batchelor, uh, Leon Flint. I can't remember. so much coming in yes we're starting work on it very shortly yes very very good very good that's excellent well no brilliant stuff thanks Andy and uh, no problem all the best for uh, for the rest of the season yeah thank you very much been a pleasure Ian cheers brilliant stuff look forward to it thanks for joining us Andy and uh, of course keep up to date with everything that's happening in British Speedway online speedwaygb.co.uk is the place to go for all the latest results and fixtures and latest news from your team Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next Tuesday. Another episode available at 8pm. Don't miss it. We'll have all the reaction from the Monday night fixtures and whatever else happens over the next seven days. We wait and we wonder. Thanks for joining us. No Breaks, No Fear is a Nigel Pearson Media Limited production for British Speedway. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.